Welcome to the Game 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We are presented by The Athletic. After one false start and a week off of the show because of my illnesses, uh, we're back. And Andrew Schlecht is here. Andrew and I are going to dive into the 10 biggest remaining questions of the 2023 NBA offseason. We're going to talk a little bit about where the Damian Lillard talk seems to stand. We're going to talk a little bit about James Harden. We're going to talk about extensions that are potentially out on the table, stars, role players, rookie extensions. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some remaining free agents as well. There are a few names that still are out there that are intriguing to all of us. Andrew's here, and I'm excited to have him. What's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, just just living the NBA offseason, man. It's July 24th. Not a whole lot's going on, and it's kind of awesome. So... (laughs) Well, speaking of not a whole lot going on and living that off-season life, I mean, we have a very important question here from Matthew Palazzolo. I mean, is Andrew always that tan? (laughs) Guys, like, this dude, when I saw him in Vegas, this looks like a downgrade in terms of the tan (laughs) where you were. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I talked to to Sam. I blew Sam's mind that I... Um, I was on a mower this morning, mowing my two acres this morning. And it about blew Sam's mind when we were talking about that. And I think we we're at the arena when I was telling you that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is that's where my tan comes from. I'm just sitting on a, a zero turn, just just catching some rays, you know. Not not beach life, not uh any sort of real thing. It's just He's got that dad life, that dad lawnmower life. Right. He's coming back. Andrew went to Oklahoma State, so the tweet I sent out yesterday about Matt Damon dad movies. Yeah. Andrew has definitely come home and watched Stillwater after a day of mowing the yard. Better believe it. Better believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Our goal today is I have 10 questions for Andrew. Yep. We're going to run through them. We're going to talk about them. And we're just going to kind of go from there, right? Some of these will take three minutes to answer. Some of these will take, you know, potentially 10, 12 minutes to answer. There will be multiple players in some sections. There will be single players in some sections. So ultimately our goal here is to talk about what's left. Like what is going to happen the rest of the way in the 2023 NBA offseason? And if we're going to start a 2023 NBA offseason discussion, I think that we have to begin with the thing that has taken over the NBA, Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard obviously is going to get traded at some point, it feels yeah. like. That just they're going in a different direction now, Portland. They've drafted Scoot Henderson. They have a very young core that they're excited about. Damian Lillard should be and seemingly is on the trade market. The problem it looks like is that Miami does not have the right mix of assets in order to get a deal done with ease. Let's say. Yeah. Where do you stand on does Damian Lillard get to Miami? Let's start with that. I I think so. I think really the only other team that I, I think that could really be in the mix is the nets. And I'm, I think that they could definitely overwhelm the blazers with picks and if I'm the Blazers, that's what I would want anyways. So I like that. I think it just comes down to is can they find a home for Tyler Hero that involves picks that would go back to Portland? And so 
to me, that is like a reasonable holdup for this deal. Because if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm Portland, like I just don't want anything to do with Tyler Hero. Uh, really good player, but he's gonna help us be twenty eight wins when I want to be twenty one wins. You know, and so I. That to me would be the holdup, and I would just be trying to squeeze them for picks. They're going to have to make an amendment with Oklahoma City on one of their first round picks, which I think OKC would gladly do. Um, but yeah, I, I think he'll probably end up in Miami. I still think it makes the most sense. And typically, stars get to where they want to go, and unless somebody overwhelms them, like Brooklyn. But I'm trying to like rack my brain as to who else would really need a point guard, and who else is really going to pay up for it. And so I really think we're headed toward a Miami deal, but also if you're the Blazers, you kind of have to let this drag out, even just for the PR portion of it. Like, hey, we're dragging this out. We got the best deal we could for Miami. We pushed them. We squeezed them. This is the best we could get. Um, Yeah, Dirty Dancer in the the comments says he feels like Philly should get involved. I always thought that a deal that involved James Harden and Lillard in the same deal made some sense. And I'm sure, I mean, Philly would be ecstatic <laughs> to be able to get yeah. in on that. It's just, and it makes some sense. You get, you get to get the Clippers involved and you send Harden there and then you just send all the picks just go to the Blazers. And so that, that, that makes sense. And that would just tie a nice bow on the end of the offseason for everybody is if you could get Harden to the Clippers, you get Dame to Philly. And then both teams just send picks to the well, Blazers. So what I've struggled with with that piece of it, in terms of the Harden thing, and we'll talk about Harden. Harden's the next, the second question here. So maybe we'll wait on him. Yeah. But like I, I'm still struggling to see what the Clippers do for the Sixers. That makes a lot of sense. Sure. Um, ultimately, I do kind of think that this ends with Lillard in Miami. It just is difficult to figure out how, I guess. I think it does make the most sense for Tyler Hero to go to a third team for Mm -hmm. a team to give up an asset to get Tyler Hero. The Oklahoma City thing with the Heat, can you explain that to people? Yeah, so they can't trade enough picks just because of the Stepien rule. And so they need to because they have too many picks traded away. And so they need to end the protection because the the protection they have on their pick with the thunder goes out a couple of years. And so if they just make it unprotected, then they're able to unlock a couple picks from there. Right. So they owe Oklahoma city, their 2025 first round pick. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that, the really interesting idea here to me, if I was, if I was Sam Presti and I was trying to figure all this out, mm-hmm. is I wonder if you could trade like that pick, yeah, back and then send instead like an unprotected twenty, like you know you can't do twenty thirty because it's seven years out. 29. You could do like twenty twenty nine or something yeah. like that, but. And then you could do, but no, you can still only send out two picks that way. So that doesn't totally work. But like there might be a way where you could do something along those lines, I guess, where maybe it's a 2024 that, 
go maybe you send a unprotected 2020 no but that wouldn't be valuable well, it has to be like a way out in the future 20 unprotected portland, wouldn't if you're portland wouldn't want wouldn't you rather have the 29 pick yeah i mean you could get the yeah you could rather have the 29 pick or the 30 pick for sure mm-hmm. which then allows miami to trade 23 24 26 basically because you can trade hawk as is the 23 already yeah, yeah. 20, so yeah. 24 26 yeah and then you could do swaps as well yeah. every year basically and then you get whatever the the compensation is for hero send that as well right so there's a way to do this where it's multiple picks yeah like, pretty easily yeah um and that's why, like, everyone's trying to figure out who's the third team that's going to be involved. I, I think it's, like, very obvious that Oklahoma City is, like, a third team that gets involved with us. Um, to take Hero? No, just to oh, just, involve themselves oh, to do this. Just just for the picks. Oh, they, yeah, they're going to have to be involved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, like, they, almost they, unequivocally. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel Barber brings up orlando is a landing spot for hero and i feel right. like that is a team that has not been brought up a lot with hero and i do think it makes a lot of sense actually yeah i do kind of like that i i, I kind of like that too I, I would think orlando would be willing to give up like some sort of pick value the problem with this is like while tyler hero makes a lot of sense for orlando in my opinion, uh, he doesn't really fit their typical player type. Yeah, like they like long, athletic guys that can do a lot of different things on the court, uh, defend and really pass at a high level. Just look at their draft history, right? You know, super positional size. Franz Wagner, Paulo mm-hmm. Bancaro, Anthony Black, even like Jet Howard is big for what they think is a two guard, right? Yeah. So like. Hero doesn't really fit their archetype, even though Hero makes an immense amount of sense for them if they want to get better mm-hmm. next season, which I think they do want to get better. Uh, the other thing is they have a ton of picks coming. Yeah, Like they have two extra first round picks. They have all of their picks kind of still in regard to, you know, they haven't traded any out. So they could do this, I think, like relatively easily it's just whether or not this front office in orlando would value tyler hero i probably would if i was them frankly and i want to if i if my goal was to get better next season tyler hero makes a lot of sense for them i think but i'm not convinced their front office will want that uh is there another team that could unlock this like does i I don't know like you know utah feels like a team that has been brought up Utah kept Jordan Clarkson. They still have Taylor Horton Tucker. I mean, you know, Tyler Hero, I I guess more backcourt depth for a team that doesn't have a ton of answers there, but they also have Keontae George now who looks like a real dude. Yeah. So I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't just, just for the development of their young guys. And I just don't know that they want to be that good this year either. Cause if they're decent, their, their first round pick goes to OKC. Right. So I, I mean, want that. Th- that's also like a real factor here. How many teams will want their first round picks to transfer this year? Because this upcoming draft is not very good. Yeah. I talked to a couple that like are trying to get to where they can get these picks that they owe to transfer mm-hmm. uh, this year in order to no longer have like a future extending out thing. 
I was trying to also figure out like, is there a world where Milwaukee could get involved where yeah. like, could you do something weird? Like Bobby Portis, you know, Pat Connaughton and Marjan Beauchamp and then like Grayson Allen or something. Cause you can get the money pretty close. Yeah. What is there? I mean, that's a lot of depth to give up though. Yeah. And, and I don't know that that necessarily makes, I don't know that giving up that much depth for Tyler hero makes them better, but Tyler hero is a great fit there. Yeah. Uh, in a way that like actually makes a lot of sense to me. Um, there, there are a number of spots where you could make this work. Ultimately, I think the move is you just do a deal with Oklahoma City to remove those protections. Mm-hmm. You trade Tyler Hero for a first-round pick to somebody. I think somebody will give up a first-round pick for Tyler Hero at the end yeah. of the day. Um, whether or not I would is inconsequential. I just think somebody would, mm-hmm. um, even on that contract. So you're ending up in a circumstance where if you do that deal with Oklahoma City, you do a Tyler Hero deal, you're able to send out three first-round picks plus Jaime Jaquez, plus pick swaps. Maybe you can get Caleb Martin there. I I don't know. I I think that it's interesting. Gabriel Barber brings up that you could then, if you did the Oklahoma City thing, you could do 24, 28, and 30. You kind of can't, I don't think, because if you're removing the protections on 25, you then can't move 24. Um, Right. You know, it becomes then that you can move 27 and 29 or 28 and 30. It's you would then be moving two straight years if you just remove the protections on Oklahoma City. So it's a little bit more complicated than that in terms of trying to manage all of this. But I think that there are a number of different avenues where Portland gets three first round picks. Jaime Hawkes, if they want Nikola Jovic, by all means, go for it. Um by the way, like I, it wouldn't surprise me if they do want Hawkes. Um, I don't know that for sure, but like I did hear his name a little bit with Portland pre-draft. Um, so that, that like you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they value Hawkes in the same way that they ended up valuing Chris Murray pre-draft, right? Sure. As like an older player that could bring them some stability. Um, well, if you're just, tr- I mean, if you're trading Dame, you're just like, hey, I need all the valuable things that you have, you yeah. know. And, just and, and you get you get three firsts, you get multiple swaps, you get Jaime Hawkes, you get Jovic. Like that's a that's actually like a I don't know if it's a good deal for Portland, but we're getting to the point where it's relatively fair. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think with age and the amount of costs on the back end of that deal too, they just waited a year too long to do it. Yes. This is which is what it comes down to, and it's. And this is what's going to happen. And also, the teams that that just gave up so much are being so shamed right now for these big deals that they did for Gobert and Mitchell of last year. That I think teams are probably gun shy. Like, oh, like I don't I know. That that's can, right. I don't know that we can give up everything. I mean, if you look back at the hauls that that, that Utah got for both guys, it's like whoa. I mean, it's it's astounding. You look back at the Mitchell deal, it is pretty crazy what they're able to get for donovan mitchell and then i think when you compare it to what they are eventually going to get for dame it's going to seem like it's going to seem like pennies it's going to i think just making that direct comp could make some portland fans pretty frustrated but you know what though like yeah i mean dame is better than donovan mitchell by a good 
portion. So like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he should go for what he should go for what Donovan Mitchell went for, and he's going to go for a little bit less than that. I think. At the yeah, end of the day. yeah, probably so. quite a bit. I mean, it was it's Markinen, Abaji, Colin Sexton, three unprotected first round picks, 25, 27, 29, and two swaps in twenty six and twenty eight. So like substantial players. Yeah. And and we didn't know what marketing was at the time. We just knew he was a good player, right. and he and he blew up, and that ended up just like working in Utah's favor. But still, like getting a Baji would be similar to getting like Hawkes yeah. from this last draft, and then like three unprotected and two swaps. Like that's a lot. And Colin Sexton too, who was like a recent lottery pick. Who's he's kind of whatever to me, but still, like he kind of like has this like almost like placeholder value, just because he was yeah. a, a lottery pick not that long ago. Okay, question number two. James Harden apparently wants out of Philadelphia. Yup. The team most associated with James Harden has been the Los Angeles Clippers. Can the Clippers make a move for James Harden? And does James Harden start the year in a Philadelphia jersey? I think he does. <laughs> I, I just think he does. I, I think that they're at this kind of weird junction where it's a... Hey, the Clippers, the Clippers know that if they give up Terrence Mann, that's a pretty big loss for them because they are already old and slow. And what James Harden does for them is just makes them a lot older and a lot slower. And you take Terrence Mann out of that equation, it it doesn't give them a lot of wiggle room with the style of play. And it's not like Terrence Mann is like going to like flip a series or something, like, but he's a good player. And I and if you're the Clippers, you know, like, hey, Philly, you have put yourself in a rough spot. Yes. And so there's not a lot of teams, one that could or would want to trade for James Harden on an expiring deal. And the Clippers happen to be the team that probably makes the most sense just on the court, makes some sense. And so they're saying, like, hey, Philly's like, hey, we want this. Sorry, no, we'll we'll give you some expirings. We'll give you a pick or a swap or something. And that's what we're willing to give. And I, I don't blame them because if you're the Clippers, you don't have to do this deal. Like you don't yeah. have to make, get this deal done. Um, so I think he stays and, and in on the, on the other side of that, trading James Harden really disadvantages Philadelphia, like in a yeah. significant way. Like yeah. I love Terrence, man. I, I was probably higher on Terrence Mann pre-draft than anybody. I had like a top 50 grade on him. I thought he was mm-hmm. stud. Like I am an enormous fan of him. I continue to be an enormous fan of him. Yeah. If you're getting Terrence Mann, you know what? Marcus Morris, uh, Nicola Batum, I guess. No, it'd have to be Norman Powell, Marcus Morris. Say it'd have to, it would have to be Norm Powell. Would have to be like the offensive weapon going back to yeah, or Nor- Norman Powell, Nicola Batum, Terrence Mann. It, it, that gets you pretty close in terms of the numbers. Yeah, uh, and then if you had to like finagle it financially in one way or another, Philly could send back a minimum. Th- that gets you close money wise. Yeah, I like Norman Powell. I like Terrence Mann. I don't think there's any way that that team is a contender anymore. Yeah, you're talking about. Tyrese Maxey, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid at that point. 
uh, I mean, like, I, I don't know if PJ Tucker would go or not, but then you have DeAnthony Melton, you have Paul Reed. Like, that's just not a contender at that point. So if you're yeah. Philadelphia, you can't do that deal because if you're not a contender, you run the risk of Joel Embiid saying, I don't want to be here anymore. And Joel is getting to the point where that's that's a real problem for you if he does that. I know he has four years or three years left on his deal, but you don't want to manage that issue. That's your biggest that's your biggest fear as an organization moving forward. So to me, I actually don't know that there's like actual there's fungibility to this in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Right? But like can we name another team? That makes sense for James Harden. No, <laughs> I mean I'm, I was kind of racking my brain earlier, thinking that the Knicks have suddenly gotten smart. If this were like seven years ago, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, he's going to be a Nick." Um, the issue is a team giving up real value for James yeah. Harden. Yeah, with with like real. It, what I was trying to figure out, is there a player that is signed to a long-term deal that the team does not like mm-hmm. that thinks is like a bad contract now that maybe they could look to offload some upside or uh, offload some risk, right? Probably like not the guard position, probably not at like the playmaking position. Well, like 24 seconds brings up Zach Levine. Honestly, the Levine deal is look, it's probably not awesome. You know, Zach has, I think like probably 175 or so over the next four years Mm -hmm. owed to him, but that's a, that's an okay deal. Like that's, that's not going to kill you or anything. It's not going to kill the bulls at all. I don't think they would want to offload that risk. The the only way that you can make that case to me is if they just want to completely start fresh this year. Yeah. But again, like if you're if you're in that circumstance, but the, I mean they just gave Vooch a new deal. Yeah, know? and I, I don't think this is what they want to do. I no, don't think it's the direction no. they want to go. The only way you could make a case for me on that is if they want to sign Anthony Davis in the offseason next year, which yeah. we'll talk about Anthony Davis momentarily here. Mm-hmm. But Chicago kid, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they think LeBron is leaving. Whatever intel you have there. Mm-hmm. But if you're Chicago you already have a big expiring contract in DeMar DeRozan. You can get to the cap number you need for Anthony Davis anyway. So you probably want to pair him with Levine. Yeah. So I, I don't think Levine makes sense uh, for any of this. I mean, Carl Towns with Joel Embiid, that doesn't make sense. I saw that in the comments somewhere. Um, yeah, that's the problem is like, you need a creator. If, you, if you're going to deal James Harden away, like what the what Philly had needed for years was just like somebody to create a shot for themselves and a shot for others, <clears throat> and you can't just like you can't replace them with just a few wings. Because yeah. I just don't know. I mean, that's just so much pressure on Tyrese Maxey, who is just he's been put in a great position. Yeah, and so no, that's I, right. I just don't know. That's why, like the three team deal that gets Harden to the Clippers, and then. Dame to Philly and then just all the picks to the Blazers is like the only one that I'm like, okay, maybe that could satisfy all parties. But still, what is going back to Philly in that circumstance? 
Because that that's ultimately my big thing is like, I don't know what goes back to Philly that makes sense for Philly more than James Harden when you have Dang. Tobias Harris. You, hey, maybe. Yeah. That's great. I think that's a really good idea. It's just I don't I don't know if they'll yeah. do that. You don't know that who that Philly would do it? Well, I don't know that I don't know that Portland would do that. Like, what yeah. is what is the deal? Because, like, you know, it's it's not like Philly has an immense number of picks just like kind of sitting yeah. around at this point. Like, they owe their twenty hilariously another team that owes its twenty twenty five first rounder to Oklahoma City. By the way, that's protected. Yeah. Um, but moreover, they owe a twenty twenty seven to Brooklyn yeah. as well. That's that so, is the biggest problem. Is and it would be a combination of both the Clippers and Philly sending first round to the blazers to satisfy everybody yeah and maybe yeah. i mean philly i think could move one pick and then pick swaps mm-hmm. the clippers i think similarly like can move one maybe because they owe 2024 another team by the way that owes all of their picks to oklahoma city yeah. uh the level to which oklahoma city might get paid off here to help facilitate a Damian Lillard or James Harden trade is hilarious oh, yeah. to me. They're just sitting back um, for the phone call. They they know that they kind of hold some cards here with these teams that need like they need to get better. Yeah. Uh the Clippers owe 2024 to Oklahoma City. They owe 2026 to Oklahoma City. Uh they have everything after that. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, can you can you facilitate Honestly, like Miami, you know, maybe Oklahoma City can facilitate this a little bit in the same way they can for Miami. Maybe that is a thing that makes sense. Maybe yeah. you could sell me on this that like you could combine the picks from the two teams mm-hmm. and get it to Portland. I maybe mean, if, I'm, if I'm Portland, all I want is picks. Honestly, yeah, I, I want Hawkes. Honestly, though, like I want Hawkes too. Okay. I do like I, I value him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think like, is there anybody on, there's not really any young guy on the Clippers that I love. I like Kobe Brown. I don't know that Kobe Brown's like a necessity in the same way that Hawkes is for me. No, um, I don't think so. You know, like I, I like, I, I guess like on, I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's another name out there. that's like a necessity, but there's not, there's not. Not yeah. for and not for Philly either. Like Philly doesn't really have. I mean, their young guy was Tyrese Maxey, but they're not trading him anyways. But also, yeah. he's about to get he's going to get paid. You know, and if you're well, and, well, and you don't really want that either. And does that for Philly is that their trump card? We can put Maxey on the table. It could be. I mean, if you're but, if you're getting Dame, you might want to <clears> do that. But then you're you're still just in this position where you need to win with Joel. And you have just taken this like heap of assets and you have just whittled it down again and again and again and again. Shout out. Shout out Brian Colangelo, Elton Brand, (laughs) uh, everybody there uh, that was there before Maury. So my goodness. Uh, Look, I I think that the Miami thing still just makes more sense. I agree. I agree. Um, I, I just don't know if there's a team that, accomplishes philadelphia's goals i guess that's why i just think he's in philly that's why i just think that they figure out a way to to play nice 
this season and then maybe something comes along mid season, but I just don't see it an immediate fix for, yeah. for Harden out there. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP, hackers, and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla minus one recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan and you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon prime or something to be able to watch it. So when I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. Nord VPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to nordvpn.com slash game theory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash game theory to claim your account. nordvpn.com slash game theory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord. And it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash game theory. Okay, let's go to the next question here. Involves another star that could potentially be on the trade market. Pascal Siakam. Mm. Thomas Lancaster asks, what would you do if you were GM of the Raptors? They're clearly at a fork in the road. That's where we're going next, Thomas. Pascal Siakam has one year left on his contract. It seems like he kind of wants to re-sign in Toronto, right? Like... Yeah, I think that's true. Like, uh, it feels like he would love to get an extension there, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is intriguing to me. Like, I I think that Siakam is a player that, you know, probably should feel like he is worthy of an extension on some level. Yeah. Uh, But if you're Toronto, you have this weird roster where you've just re-signed Jakob Pertl for four years. You have OG and Anobi still. And then you have Scotty Barnes, who is seemingly your marquee player. 
that you're building around moving forward. Is this the time to cash in on Pascal Siakam, given that it seems like they've said OG and Anobi is off the table in some respect? Yeah. I. Uh- you got to make a decision either way. <laughs> you can't you can't drag this one out a, again. And like you and can't, this is the problem with Toronto. You like, can't Fred Van Vliet this one too, because yeah. that's the problem. Is they need to decide what they want, and they send mixed messages like, "Hey, we want Sc- Scotty Barnes as our future." Uh, hey, we're signing Dennis Schroeder, which might be like the point guard that makes the least amount of sense to pair with Scotty Barnes. Um, you, you sign Jakob Pertl, who doesn't shoot who also doesn't make a ton of sense with Scotty Barnes. If you want Scotty to handle, you know, there's just, they're just a little bit all over the place. They're not making a decision on Pascal, at least as of now. And they're putting themselves in a weird place. I mean, they, in all honesty, like this was a, it was a nice chance to kind of reset when Fred left, you know, to not do the Pirtle deal. Yeah. You gave up a pick for him. You just got to cut your losses there. Find a landing spot for Gary Trent. Find a landing spot for Siakam. Find a landing spot for OG if you want, or you can keep him. He's young enough to where you can feel like you can keep him around. That, to me, was like the right direction to go. And yet, they still they signed Pirtle to like a pretty decent-sized deal. It'll look fine in a couple of years. And then they brought in Schroeder as like a direct reaction to losing Fred, and it's... I, it just leaves me perplexed as to exactly what they want to do and where they want to go. And, you know, hit, I think Siakam just being in purgatory right now is like a direct reflection of where the Raptors are as a franchise. Here's, here's my question. Would you rather pay Pascal Siakam near max money? Yeah. Or OG Ananobi near max money? Because I, I think that's where... This is headed. You're, you're going to have to make a decision on one of the two. If you pay both of them max money, you're resigning yourself to being, you know, the. If you have a great year, you probably are the four seed, right? Yeah. Um, can I can I say neither? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a reasonable take. I, Look, I would, I, I would rather pay Siakam. I would rather pay Siakam. I just think he's a better player. I think I would too. Like OG is three years younger. Yeah. And I think that you could say that maybe OG's deal would be a little bit less than the max. Like, I think that they'd probably come to some sort of consideration where maybe it's four years, $127 million or something Mm -hmm. like that. Whereas Pascal would be at like four years, you know, 165, 175, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to say. Right. So I, I do think there'd be a difference in the contracts, but Pascal is better. Mm-hmm. OG is probably a better fit with Scotty Barnes. Yeah, that's true. I think it ultimately comes down to what is your read on Scotty Barnes? Do you think Scotty is the guy that you build around or not? And I think, I, I think the jury's out on that. Like, yeah. I think it's possible yeah. that he is. I do too. I think they're indecisiveness probably shows that they are not quite sure yet either. Yes. Cause I think if he was the guy to build around, I think it's reasonable to just keep OG. Like you said, he does fit. And I think you would have traded Siakam because he doesn't exactly fit. If, if Scotty is that guy, 
Siakam is probably not the best running mate just because of the lack of shooting. And so you deal him to, to Indy or to Atlanta and you get the best return you can and you move forward and try to, you know, form a team that makes a little bit more sense around Scotty. And you just need shooting, which is also why the Pirtle thing is just perplexing to me. Like if Scotty's supposed to be your on ball creator, I just don't know that Pirtle is the best pairing with him. But I, I also just am not completely sure that he is the, the like primary on ball creator for them. Yeah, and I'm not sure either. It ultimately comes down to how much you believe in Scotty Barnes becoming a great shooter because that's what you need to be in order to be a high level rim or a high level creator in the NBA at this point. You have to be able to shoot it at a reasonable level. The, yeah. the Ananobi thing is interesting. Like Ananobi can sign something like a four year, I think it's like 117, 118 million dollar extension, like somewhere in that ballpark. Mm hmm. That's like not far off his value. Yeah. And for a player that has dealt with injuries throughout the course of his career. Yeah. It is a little bit interesting to me that this seems to like not be a consideration. Maybe I'm like misreading that on some level, but like I haven't really heard a lot about Ananobi signing an extension. Right. Yeah. When in reality, like, I think that should be on the table. Like, OG and Anobi came into the league with injury questions. Uh, you know, in 2021, he played 43 games. In 2022, he played 48 games. Last year, he played 67 games, right? Like, he's never played 70 games over the last five years of his career. Mm-hmm. I, look, I, if you're telling me, you know, the difference for OG and Anobi is I can lock in right now at four years, 116. Or I have to wait and take a risk this year and get to free agency and make four 135 or something. Look, 20 million is a lot of money. Like, I'm not sitting here and saying otherwise, but for somebody that has already made, you know, he's, he has had like a four year, $68 million extension. I don't know that that 20 million like changes your quality of life a ton necessarily or like your generational wealth like in a substantial way yeah right so locking into that money seems reasonable to me maybe yeah i mean is are the raptors willing to do extensions with their players that are real because they acted like they wanted to extend van vliet and siakam like but they it seemed like they gave them to him at like the last minute and then they were just like, no, we'll just push. And it just seems like they're just in a weird spot. I just don't know. If if I'm them, I just want to rebuild anyways and just try to get a you know somebody in the next two drafts and then try to move forward with them. Well, and, and if Scotty is your guy, you have to build very specifically around Scotty. Yeah, yeah. Right? Definitely. Like you, you have to create a very real like – environment that works around him involving a ton of shooting mm-hmm. involving a real amount of floor spacing uh yaka Pertle does not make sense in this regard yeah uh, i love yaka Pertle as a player yeah. does not make a ton of sense for them mm-hmm. uh if you're building around scotty barnes i just don't know like <laughs> I, i'm just like very unclear i think that i would try and extend og and anobi and if he didn't want to take four one seventeen. I'd probably move them. Yeah. And 
I would try. I, I don't know what I would do with Siakam. I'd probably move him. I, I think I probably would try and move him depending on what the offers are. If yeah. the offers are real and you know, Atlanta, it seems like is somewhat motivated to try and make this happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do something like that. Yeah. Right. That's but what I they, do too. Yeah. They need to pick a direction. I think they're trying to play too far in between the two timelines and that doesn't work for me. It just doesn't work in today's NBA. I don't. Oh, no, you can't, you can't do it. And the reason I would rebuild too is I just don't see a true path to contention for this squad. Yeah. Like, what are you really going to do? That's going to make the Raptors as good as the Celtics or the Bucks or any teams like that. Like, I just don't. I don't think there's an answer for that. That's why I just just flat out just don't understand the things that they've done. Because they're going, what they're going to do is they're going to put themselves in NBA purgatory. the The worst spot ever is in the middle, yeah. Where like maybe they make the maybe this team can make the play in. Like yeah, this team can make the play in. But well, and, and where they screwed up is not not moving Fred in the yeah. uh, in the at the deadline. I talked about that last year. I would have moved him. Yeah, and then not moving Gary Trent. Frankly, like they they got lucky and Trent opted in. Maybe yeah. the funny thing would be if they extend Gary Trent. Right, oh, like gosh. if you're Gary Trent you probably like I assumed at the time when he opted in, he opted in with like something of a tacit understanding that there would be an extension, but maybe there's not like, maybe he's just opting in at 18 because that's more on a yearly basis than what he will make. And he didn't want to lock in on the money. He wanted to play the upside game next off season. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's interesting. A couple of quick questions before we move on. Uh, Would you trade Scotty for Dame? The ringer floated that idea out. Absolutely not. If I was Toronto, um, no. no. There's just again no that doesn't. Where does it? What does it really do for you if you're Toronto? Yeah, it just like, like that doesn't make you a contender. I don't think. Like I don't no. think that Lillard, Siakam, OG, Pirtle is a contender. No, that's a good team, but a good five or six seed. I think they're even better than that. I think they're probably like a three seed, but I don't think they're. Yeah, like I I don't know if that gets you to where you need to be given how much you'd be going all in on that core, especially yeah. given that, you know, maybe you extend Siakam at that point. Right. But you don't know if Dame wants to come to Toronto. I would not do that. Yeah. Um, I keep thinking Emmanuel quickly for OG and Anobi makes sense. If I knew what Emmanuel quickly was going to make, and we're going to talk about him momentarily too. It's interesting. I mean, for it's, the Knicks, like, yes. And if you think that quickly can be a point guard long-term, yeah, he's I actually mean, a really good fit with Scotty. Uh, is like the Scotty point guard. If you think Scotty mm-hmm. is going to play, you know, on yeah. the ball a lot more often, quickly's right? good. Quickly's good. He had a weird end of the season and a weird playoffs. I don't playoff know if you've heard, but he just wasn't good at all in the playoffs. But um, I do. I like that idea. I mean, if you're the Knicks, would have to be sending something else back to Toronto, in my opinion, to make that work. But like. I think there's there's some potential there. I think getting some kind of guard back will be essential in either a Siakam or an OG deal. Like they need yeah. they need some kind of guard that you can pair with OG that shoots it. Yeah, and for what it's worth, RK says it was reported Gary Trent is signing an extension. That's true, like but we haven't heard anything about that in three weeks. Yeah. And I don't know what is going to happen there, I think is where we're going to go with it. Uh, okay. Question number four. 
These ones will get a little bit shorter as we go. Does Jalen Brown sign his extension with the Boston Celtics? Jalen Brown uh, is now super max eligible. The extension number uh, is something in the ballpark of like 300 million. Let's say, uh, I don't, uh, it's 295, 305, you know, whatever the number is. It's like five years, $300 million. Yeah. Does he sign this extension with the Boston Celtics, Andrew? He better <laughs> extension. What are, you, what are you waiting for? I don't. I don't know exactly what the holdup is on this, but yes, he should sign the extension. People are still going to make fun of his left hand, and then he can just just show everybody the dollar amount that he's getting. So, yeah, he should sign it. It's a really good player, still a young player. Um, I think he's only twenty six. So, yeah, sign it. I think Jalen Brown will continue to get better. I think the Boston Celtics will continue to be a contender and you just don't worry about it. Look, I I also think Jalen Brown is going to sign this extension. Um, It's weird to me that he hasn't yet, frankly. And I think that's why this is still a remaining question. Like there, there were a couple people I talked to at summer league that were like, like that work with teams that are like, wait, why isn't this happening yet? And I just think that, you know, these negotiations sometimes can take a minute when you're committing $300 million to a single player. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, I'm, I, I think it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. I, I see no reason otherwise, like all of, I think Boston will offer it because they have to offer it. Right. Um, that's just the way they've built their team. Right. And mm-hmm. the, th- the thing about the $300 million extension for Boston is it doesn't become a problem for them until Jason also signs his. Mm-hmm. Right. From a team building perspective is none issue for Boston that Jalen Brown is on this enormous number until about 2026, 2025, 26. So I think you lock him in to this and you're happy with it. Uh, yeah. If you're Boston and I think you're Jalen, you take it because this is the most money you're going to make in your life. Right. Yeah. Well, and Tatum's new deal wouldn't start until 26, 27 anyways. Yeah. Like you got, you've got plenty of time. You are a contender. You just have to, like both teams, both sides just have to do it. There's just, it's a no brainer for both sides. Yeah. And it, it's one of those deals where when you build a contender, you deal with the future problems when the future problems come. Yeah. Right. Still have a lot uh, yeah. There will be real flexibility issues that come down the pike, but you just have to do it and yeah. you bite the bullet and you say, Jalen Brown, you know, the reason that I think this is okay for Boston to offer this is because they already have the guy. If they didn't like, if I was Memphis, for instance, and I'm like not a hundred percent sure that John ja Morant can be the number one option on yeah. a title team. I would be more worried about offering a deal to Jalen Brown that would limit my flexibility mm-hmm. in Boston's case. I feel way more certainty that I think Jason Tatum can be the number one option on a title team, mm-hmm. given the fact that he's already led me to the NBA finals. Yeah. Right. So I feel good about being able to overpay my number two option because I already have the number one option in place. Yeah. It's what Milwaukee has done with Chris Middleton, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's what, you know, a, a number of teams have done because when you have the top guy, you pay for the rest. And just make it work. Yeah. And Jalen Brown is really good. <laughs> and Jalen Brown's great. Jalen Brown, like, I wouldn't have voted him all NBA. But 
I think it's reasonable that he made all NBA this year. Yeah. And I'm glad he did because now it sets him up for an enormous payday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's 20 players in the league. And if you have one of those guys, you just pay them. Especially when they're 26. Especially you got to pay them. Yes. Okay. Question number five. Other potential star extensions that we haven't yet discussed. Anthony Davis is extension eligible. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Davis has one year left on his contract. I feel like that is the thing that has gone the most under the radar in the NBA yeah. right now. Like it's not like Anthony Davis is on an expiring contract right now. <laughs> and a big piece of that is obviously the Lakers like are in this situation with LeBron James, where will he be there next year? Will he not be there next year? Mm-hmm. Not, uh, not in 2023, 24, but rather 2024, 25 uh, will LeBron James be there. Right. Right. You know, made the quick little comments about retiring, everything like that. Anthony Davis's early termination option in the summer of 2024, Mm -hmm. his player, his, his, you know, option year there in 2024, 25 is for 43000000 He will get more than that. I was going to say. On the market. Go ahead and book that he's opting out of that. I think that's right. I think he will exercise the early termination option. Yeah. But if you're the Lakers, I think you probably want him to sign an extension. I know that there are inherent flaws in potentially like if LeBron retires and then you have this big Anthony Davis deal on your books. Anthony Davis is still great. And I think you just kind of have to roll with that, right? It's a tough spot. For the Lakers, I think it Just is. He's going to be 30. He hasn't played. I mean, he played 56 games last year, 40 yeah. games the year prior, 36, but that was in the, the weird bubble year. But he, he just hadn't played a lot of games. Yeah. And so locking him into, I mean, you're locking your team up if you, if you do this. I don't envy their position because I do think that. It's you can't replace Anthony Davis, but also if you're only getting Anthony Davis for half the season and you don't know which half that's going to be, that makes it really tough. Now, if you can get and that, goes the other way if you're a team acquiring Anthony Davis in free agency next year as well. No question, no question. I mean, honestly, Anthony Davis locking him up through age 33 that kind of scares me a little bit, to be honest. Because he's gonna he's gonna demand a lot of money. He's still a great player, but it just comes down to when healthy. And it's just a tough bet to make. Now, if you if you've got LeBron and you have him on board, like you just have to do whatever you can to continue to push for a title. You've won one with yeah. the, with that duo, and you want to push to do it again. If you're the Lakers without LeBron, do you really want to have Anthony Davis on that contract? I I don't know because I, I if I'm the Lakers, I would rather have flex cap flexibility. Do, do you think Anthony Davis is an asset on after this season if he is signed to a four year, two hundred million dollar contract? Oh man, I think he could if he's if he plays sixty games plus. Yes, if he doesn't, then maybe not. 
I, I think at this point teams would teams would take a bite at just trying to get him on their team. Like Chicago, I think would would love to have him on their team, and you could get some real stuff. All of Chicago's maneuvering over the last like you know couple of months here, yeah, like basically since the deadline, yeah. I feel like it all makes a lot more sense if you look at it through the prism of them trying to lure Anthony Davis. Yeah. Because Nikola Vucevic at 33 on like a $20 million a year deal for three years doesn't make a lot of sense on its face when you're basically running back like a 38-win team, right? Yeah. But it kind of makes sense if your goal is like, hey, we're going to build a core of... Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, you know, Kobe White, Alex Caruso, Iodesumu, Javon Carter, Anthony Davis. Oh, right. I mean, kind of. That that just makes me feel a little sad for Chicago fans. Just because I just, I don't know. I I wouldn't, that's not what I'd want to chase (laughs) if I was a Chicago fan. I agree. Because you're setting yourself up for potential disaster if, you know, LeBron decides to stay in LA for another year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if you, if you look at it through that prism of trying to lure Anthony Davis, Chicago's moves, which have been dumbfounding to me across the board in a Mm -hmm. number of ways, I think they make a lot more sense in theory. Yeah. I just think Chicago is kind of a mess. And I just don't know that adding a 30 plus year old Anthony Davis is the real answer to your problems. Yeah. Um, so, so you think no on an extension for Anthony Davis, right? Now. I would wait. I would wait. I would not do it right now. I, I under, I would understand the apprehension that Lakers front office members are feeling about it just because there's a lot of uncertainty that, that you will, that will get more clear you know, in the next like eight months or so, I think things will look more clear to, you know, than they do today. Yeah. Um, If I was the Lakers, I would sign him to an extension for what it's worth. Okay. Um, And and for what it's worth, like Dave McMenamin kind of seemed to think that this is going to happen. Okay. um, With AD that he will sign an extension with the Lakers. I do think if you could tell me it was only you're adding three years to an AD deal, I think that's definitely an asset. Yes. But if I'm Rich Paul, there's no way I'm doing anything less than the full boat. Oh, yeah. So I think if you're the Lakers, you kind of just got to bite the bullet and do it because your worst case scenario is that you have Anthony Davis. Your best case scenario is that you can, if LeBron leaves, this is. Your best case scenario is that you can move him uh, for assets as you rebuild, and he's an asset. True, right? True. So I, I think that you just do this at the yeah. end of the day, yeah, and get it I, done. I could see that. I, could uh, see that. I also like having flexibility, just because you are the Lakers, and you can make things happen when you're flexible. But if he's an asset, yes. If he's not an asset, you're still the Lakers, and you can still figure something out. <laughs> I would just do this. I yeah. truly would. Um, DeMar DeRozan, do you think he signs an extension? Oh boy. Um, I would, again, the bulls, we don't know what they're doing, so I don't know. (laughs) 
That's it. Just feels gross to me. I like. I mean, Demar has been amazing as a bull. I mean, when they did the when they made the initial deal, I think a lot of people were like, "What? What are you doing, Demar Derozan?" Yeah, he's thirty three. He'll be thirty four in just a matter of weeks. It's just it's a it's gonna and it's gonna be a lot for somebody that's thirty four. I mean, if I'm Chicago, I do not extend. Um, which probably means Chicago is definitely going to extend. <laughs> I, I don't think Chicago should extend. And I, if I'm DeMar, I don't think I would want to do an extension there, frankly. Yeah. But, um, I, I would not either for, for what it's worth. If I were him just looking for like the best basketball situation, like yeah. a winning situation, I just think that they're stuck at this point and they don't really have like a, a true ability to have to, to get better. And they're just, they just kind of are. And DeRozan's a part of that. People know where I stand on DeMar DeRozan as a Hall of Famer. I think he's like unequivocally going to be a Hall of Famer no matter what happens. Uh, But there are questions about that for some people. Uh, And I get that. Yeah. If I was him, I'd be trying to put those questions to bed, frankly, given that I've already made like an immense amount of money in my career. Yeah. And I would want to try and and like the last box for him to tick is winning situation. Yeah. Right. True. So. Six-time all-star. Like, I I tend to agree. Like the uh, amount of he, points that he he's going to finish is like yeah, top twenty scorer of all time, probably yeah. top twenty-five scorer of all time. Yeah, um, I, where he's at already, I believe. Um, I've done the math on this. Scorer, the the level to which tomorrow will finish as a scorer is so high that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, if you're the Clippers and if you are Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, do you sign extensions? Oh, man. Uh, I, I, if I'm the Clippers, I probably would try to get them on fewer years and do it. If I could do three years, I would probably do it. Um if I'm Paul and Kawhi, I'd probably do it too. I think it's a good. I think it's a good situation for them, honestly. So I think yes on both of them, and just because if you're the Clippers, what else are you really? What are you doing if you don't have those guys? Do Do you think that you buy yourself as a free agency market is ultimately what it comes down to? Because no, they get extremely flexible very quickly in terms of this, like. Next season, if they were to get if they were to get off of the Terrence Mann money, get off of the Avita Zubots money, which would be super easy. Yeah, like both those guys are assets oh, at eleven oh, million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Zubots is re- is really good. He's, yeah, yeah. All you would have left on your books is nineteen million for Norman Powell, four million for Bones Highland, and like a player option for Russell Westbrook that I would venture he probably declines if Paul George and Kawhi aren't there. Yeah, probably so. So you are completely open to potentially like getting in the race for star players at that point. If you think Kawhi and Paul George aren't your guys at in their, in their thirties. Yeah. I just free agency is just becoming less and less of the way that you get better. Yeah. Significantly better. And so I, and also you're still the Clippers at the end of the day. And so I just don't know. I mean, who in the next couple years is going to be, 
like a free agent that you would really want. Like Jamal Murray's going to be a free agent. Like I think he's probably going to stay in Denver. Uh, Brandon Ingram is like, is that moving the needle for you that much? Like, he's really good. I mean, if you could get Brandon Ingram, I just don't know that that really is taking the Clippers anywhere. Yeah. Um, it, the pro, if, if I was the Clippers, if I could sign Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to one year extensions, oh, I would do that. Oh, 100%. Yes. Like unequivocally, because the, the 2025 summer is the summer where you can like really think that you can make some hay on this. Yeah. Right. With Brandon Ingram, you know, potentially making a semblance of sense. Right. Yeah. Um, At 26 will be probably a more interesting one where you have Fox and Tatum and Mitchell and Adebayo and Giannis could be a free agent. Like there's a lot of guys in that class. The 25 class is okay. The 26 class, which probably won't look as good because some of these extensions will get done, but that one is the one like Donovan Mitchell may want to explore free agency by then. Yeah. Um, that's that's the one where I think it lines up is two years down the road, not next summer. Yeah. Um, the the thing is that you have two guys that are from LA that want to be in LA, and you're the Clippers. If I could do two year extensions on both these guys, I think I would do it. I would do that. If I was LA. I would. Yeah, I would do that as well. It, it's been a rough go for them yep. as a duo, but I just don't know what else you're supposed to really do. I mean, if Agreed. I'm them, I run it back. Hope that you have better luck because I do think that there's opportunities in the West in the top like three and four, three or four teams. Maybe you don't beat Denver, but maybe you get to the conference finals. That's, that's a good run. So I would, I would probably try to lock him in just because I don't think the alternatives are, are very good for them. A couple other notes here. Uh, Brandon Ingram, I think is just like not a guy that will sign an extension, uh, because he'd be giving up his chance at supermax eligibility. Uh, if he makes all NBA this year, he's supermax eligible and it's like not impossible. He makes all NBA, uh, Lowry Markinen is a no because his max extension is three years, 81 million. And that's just not enough for Lowry at this point. Um, he is not supermax eligible because he has been traded, uh, after his rookie scale deal. So that is not something that works for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, this we're at that point where I think that the the star extensions, the the name I'm looking at is Anthony Davis. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to see if that gets done. Yeah. Non-star extensions are question number six here. Josh Hart, uh, I think, probably gets an extension done. That feels right? like it's going to get done. With the Knicks? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like it's going to get done. Yeah. It, you know extend off of this mutual option year and you can get 70 million plus, right? Simple. Um, Alex Caruso is a name that I think makes a lot of sense for an extension, given that Chicago seems like they want to continue to do weird things. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's, and that's fine. And he could also be an asset too, because his deal isn't going to be outrageous. And I think he get to like 18 or so. Yeah, and players like like that that are on those kind of contracts, like Lou Dort or somebody like those those guys can be traded. Like those and those guys are needed on contenders, like point of attack defenders that can really help yeah. change the way you play are valuable. Caruso on an extension, even at eighteen million dollars a year, is an asset in my Agreed. opinion. Agreed. I think he is a stud. It should be. Uh, the interesting one that I'm watching is Markel Fultz. Yeah. Markel 
is making 17 million next year before he's an unrestricted free agent. I think people have like way missed the boat on him. He's actually like a really good basketball player now. Yes. Uh, in, insofar as like he is a starting quality point guard, maybe like 20th best point guard in the league, something like that. And is still quite young. Like Markel is still only 25 years old, mm-hmm. has gotten back all of the creativity and change of pace mixed with change of direction stuff off the bounce that he was missing uh, when he didn't have like the confidence from the shot. I, I am fascinated to see what Orlando does because frankly, they just drafted his replacement in Anthony I know. Black. I know. And you can't really play both Markel Fultz and Anthony Black with Paulo and Franz. Yeah. If your goal is to put the ball in Paulo and Franz's hands more from a spacing perspective. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I'm a huge Anthony Black fan. I also I question the entire fit there overall, just because you think you'd want more shooting around those other guys. Um, I would extend Markel, just similar to to what the deal with Caruso. Like one, how much is an extension for Markel Fultz really going to be? It, it can then, start at twenty three point eight million, so it, it would get up to like a hundred if you do four. If you did three, it'd be like it'd be pretty close to the Lowry numbers. So it'd be like eighty-one. I would do the three-year deal for Fultz, and I I think he might sign it, and I think that he could be traded on that deal too. I think he's a. I agree. I think he's a helpful player. I think that he helps you you win. I mean, if he's your, I mean, at that number in two years, like that's easily traded. He's a guard off the bench for you, and I think he helps you win. I don't disagree. If I'm him. I might not want to sign an extension there. You just drafted my replacement and you drafted my replacement two years ago in Jalen Suggs. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm good enough to be a starting point guard and you're investing all these assets in other things. Like, I don't know if I was him, if I want to sign an extension. Yeah. You could sign the extension and then just ask to be traded. Yeah. This is what most people do these days. Uh, D'Anthony Melton, it seems like Philly just needs to keep things like pretty open at this point. Yeah. Uh, I I mean he's a really good player, but there's no need. Yeah. Uh Zach Collins is a name that I think is really interesting because Zach Collins <laughs> was really good last year. Okay. <laughs> like Zach Collins was sneaky, really good at the end of the year last year. Yeah. And I don't think there's a better fit for Victor to start his career next to as a center. Than Zach Collins next to a goon like Zach Collins, that's why. Yeah, like I, I want Zach Collins every single time somebody tries to get in Victor Wembanyama's face. I want Zach Collins there shoving that dude away. Yeah, and he'll do it. Like he'll, he'll he'll be happy to do it. Here's the other thing, Zach Collins. Like it's never been a question of talent. It's just been a question of can he stay healthy. And no. if you go back through Zach Collins is last like 25 games of the year last year really started to actually come through on the talent, right? Yeah. Uh, his last 20 games, he averaged 16 and a half points, eight rebounds, four assists, shooting 49, 39, 80 from the field as a center. Yeah. Yeah. His, his three ball started to fall, which I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's a differentiator for him is if he can make threes. Yeah. I think, it, I think if you feel good about his medicals, then you can give him a decent extension. That's the guy I want. I, I, I kind of think like extending Zach Collins for 
two or three years makes a lot of sense for yeah. San Antonio. Um, Kelly Olenek and Taylor Horton Tucker in Utah. I, I mean, I, again, like, sure. If you want to extend, I, I don't know if I'd extend Kelly. I might use him as like a trade asset this year. Yeah. Uh, Taylor is young enough where if you buy Taylor as a potential fit next to Keontae George long term, could make sense to extend him. Yeah. I like Olenek for like a contending type team. I think he just yeah. he just plays the right way. I think he could help. And if I'm Utah, you can I mean you can get something pretty decent for him. So yeah, I agree with that. I think so too. Uh potential rookie extensions, question number seven. Jaden McDaniels is the name that I am far and away yeah. most interested in. Yeah. Because if you look at this player type throughout history, recent history this is. This is the player type that tends to get underpaid. Mikael Bridges. Yeah. Frankly, Jalen Brown, I think, is like a comparable player for Jaden McDaniels. Sure. Uh, was better offensively than Jaden was at this point, but Jaden is better defensively than Jalen has ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, OG Ananobi, another guy that like was quite underpaid on yeah. that deal. Jaden McDaniels is like an all defense guy in the NBA. I know he hasn't made the team yet, but he is probably the best like under 24 defender in the NBA right now, especially among perimeter defenders. Right. Uh, You could maybe say Victor Wembanyama, but we don't have like the evidence of that yet uh, in terms of the upside. But Jaden has proven it at this point. Doesn't turn 23 until September. Hmm. If I'm his representation, I'm holding out for a bag and I'm going to them and saying like, look, I'm not signing a below market deal because we've looked at all of these deals that have come across the ledger that I just pointed out. And they always end up below market for these big wings. Yeah. I want four one ten or something like that. Or I'm going to go to restricted free agency and find a deal. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. I mean, you you also look at the trade market too for those kind of guys and the rumors about what a Mikael Bridges or an OG Ananobi would bring in trade is absurd. I mean, it's, it's in some ways it seems like teams are more desperate to get those kind of players just because they do have good deals and they're younger than like than Dame or James Harden, you know, who are, Obviously, very talented players, but people want these wings. There are there are teams that would pay a, a lot for them. So yeah, yeah, I think I think you could demand near max, you know, rookie extension for him. I kind of wonder, like, could you demand near the max for four years for Jaden? You could hold out, I, and and a team may pay it in restricted free agency, and you just. Because I mean, it, that's what it takes as an RFA to for you to actually feel like you have a chance to go somewhere else. It's like, hey, we're going to pay him near max, and then you just force Minnesota to match it. Yeah, I think I he's think in a good position. I think he's in a really good position. Like Jalen Brown on this recent deal, he signed a deal for twenty one point five percent of the max when he signed his contract. Uh, twenty one point five percent of the max of what the number is going to be next season that number 
is about 30 million a year. Yeah. Maybe you give like a slight discount because <clears throat> the offense isn't quite as far along, but mm-hmm. I think the number is like four one ten. And here's the other thing too. Tim Connolly is, you know, in Minnesota now. Tim Connolly took care of his young guys in yeah. Denver. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this gets done and I'm assuming the number is going to be bigger than what people think. Yeah. I think it's going to be like four one ten four. If it got to four one twenty, like that would not blow my mind. And I don't he's think- better than here's the thing. He's better than Tyler Hero, who just got four one twenty. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and he's what Minnesota needs, frankly, as well. Yeah. And so they're in a position where they can't really mess around here. It's not like they have another player that can really replace him in their lineup. Like they they need a player that will take on the best perimeter talent and allow Anthony Edwards to do his thing. And I think it's a it's a great duo right there, like a perimeter duo of those two. So yeah, I think they got to do it. Yep. Uh, Emmanuel quickly. Is there a number that makes sense for you there? I like him. I would, I would just wait and see if I'm the Knicks. I think the Knicks have been really good and prudent with the moves that they've made. And so I would wait and just keep flexibility. See how he plays. He's, he had a really good start to the year and really flamed out. And so for me, I would just wait. I think he was really good near the end of the year, too. I think he's a starting guard. I would. I'd go like, I think he's really good. I'd go like four one hundred for him. I would. The The way that he played in the regular season. hundred percent. He is that he is that guy. And how old is he? Quickly is not very old. No, he's still quite young. He's still 24. Yeah. Honestly, like those deals are the ones, and it, and it feels still like the sticker shock to some people. Things like, wait, well, you're paying Emmanuel quickly that much? We haven't like readjusted our brains to the the amount of money that is actually floating around the NBA. Uh, that in two years, that will seem like a very reasonable deal for Emmanuel. That's right. I do. He's averaged fifteen four and three and a half this year. <clears throat> Was like fairly efficient was just like slightly above league average in terms of true shooting percentage and a good defender. As he is well. an awesome defender. It's the kind of guy you want, I think as yeah. a role player, especially if you're star hunting, if you're the Knicks, right? Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't get an extension done just to look into him as a potential trade asset at the deadline though. Yeah. You might yeah. take him into restricted free agency and then pay him in order to maintain your flexibility long term. Yeah. And even uh, then I wouldn't I wouldn't be afraid of that if I were New York, New York. I think I'd rather the, have the flexibility right now. Yeah. The third big name for me is Devin Vassell. Uh, yeah. Devin Vassell had an awesome year before he got hurt last year. Ultimately, they they need to make like a real determination on his knees and figure out like what they're comfortable paying. Yeah. Uh, I think he is an awesome player. I think he's gonna be like a borderline all-star when he's on the court. Uh he's still only 22 years old and just is coming off of like an 18, four and four year where he's becoming like a mid range assassin and shoots 39% from three. It, it really does come down to like, how comfortable are you with the knees at the end yeah. of the day? What are your After thoughts? You on, what are your down. thoughts on, on his knees? Um, what are my thoughts? I think I don't have the information, I, yeah. I guess is, is where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, 
I would. Ex- I, I mean, I if, I'm, if I'm the Spurs, I extend him. I just think that he is just like what we talked about with McDaniel's at like a higher level offensively. Like you just you don't you extend those guys. You got these like these two way wings, especially Vassell, who I think has like some potential to be like a real creator. Yeah, like I just I just extend him. At I mean, if it has to be a max rookie extension, fine. Like I just wouldn't even worry about it. Like he's still so young. That's the kind of guy that you would want with Wimbenyama that can kind of play on both ends. Yeah. yeah. I just I would just do it and you just hope that he gets healthy. And also, you know, when you're tanking, sometimes the health of your players, you know, matters a little bit less. And sometimes you do shelve them a little bit longer to make sure they are a hundred percent. And you're not playing guys whenever they're at you know, 70% or whatever. Like, you know, like you're not quite there yet. Like get yourself right. You know, I think that kind of stuff happens too. So I don't, I don't know what to think about the 38 games that he played last year because we knew all year that they were trying to get women Yama. And so, you know, Vassell would have helped them win more games and would have changed their lottery odds and in some way or another. And I don't, I don't think you want to mess around with that. And so I don't, I don't really fear the 38 games that he played. I just wonder what it looks like next year. Well, and here's the other thing with Vassell, right? Like their cap sheet is so open, especially after the fact that they did not invest a lot in free agency this year. Yeah. Where I think you just kind of pay him and roll at the end of the day. Like you have tied, you have trade uh, Trey Jones for 9 million in 2024, 25. You have Kelton Johnson at 19, you have Vic at 12, you have Graham at 12, and then you have Sohan at like five. Yeah. Those are the only guys you really like. You need to get to the floor. Like you have to get to the floor anyways, so you might as well. And you still have like max space if you really want to like try and go nuts in free agency moving forward. Yeah. I I give Vassell what he needs, and I think that number is 25 plus. Uh, It could be 30, like honestly. I mean, again, like this is a guy I would take over Tyler Hero. I, and, yeah, I wouldn't bat an eye at paying him 30. I wouldn't. Yeah. I think you kind of have to just pay it and yeah. go. The, the The problem for him is that he hasn't shown it now for more than like, he, he hasn't shown that he's worth that number for more than 38 games. So I wonder if they think that they could get a discount. Yeah. It's on it. Whereas Tyler Hero showed it in the playoffs. Yeah. Jordan Poole showed it in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Devin Vassell is better than those guys. But he's shown that he's on their level for 38 games. I wonder if he ends up getting a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I, I just think also teams will be, even if it, even at like 25, 28 a year, teams are will be calling. If the Spurs are like, hey, this is available. I think you've got 12 teams immediately calling, trying to get yeah. that kind of guy on their, on their squad. I think that's right. Okay, last little group of extension-eligible players. Uh, Anyeka Kongwu, Josh Green, Pat Williams, Denny Avdia, uh, Xavier Tillman, and our dear sweet boy, Alexei Pokashevsky. Yeah, I I would extend a Kongwu. Like, I feel great about extending a Kongwu. I just like him as a player. I think that he mm-hmm. he's going to be valuable just because of his feet and just ability to move at the big position. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan of him. Uh, Denny would not. Josh Green, the Mavs are in such a weird spot. I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what to think about the rest of those guys. 
I'm probably a no on everybody else. I, I think Pat I Williams and Green. I think he's the one for me. Okay, really? I, I was kind of thinking of Kong Wu and Pat Williams. Like Pat Williams shot yeah. the ball well enough to where I'd probably extend him. I think everybody else I'm lukewarm on. Well, like, so the thing is that these guys that are getting extensions, you have to get them above the mid-level line, which yeah. is like 60 next year or so, like above 60. So you have to go like, you know, are you going to give Josh Green 475 based on what he's shown? <sighs> I don't know. Maybe. There's been some stretches. I just didn't like the way he played at the end of the season with Kyrie and with Luca. I just – I felt like his – his role got so diminished with those two that his impact wasn't felt at all. I think it's a risk to extend green at that number. Yeah. But I also think there's real reward potentially if he continues to shoot 40% from three and, you know, continues to be a transition driver, like who can really fit with Kyrie and non-Luca lineups in that way. And like, continues to defend at a really high level. Like there's a chance he's a hundred million dollar player in terms of value by the end of this season, I think. Yeah. So he got got a lot better. I still, that's, it's just such a weird team that (laughs) I don't know what is up and what is down with the Dallas Mavericks. And I also just don't, his size for position is not great either. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, he's like a six foot five three, basically. Yeah. Uh, with like the ball handling skill that he has. But that's again, I think for Dallas, that's okay when you're building around Luca. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's the one that stands out. Onyeka, like I don't know if I'd want to go four seventy for Onyeka, I guess. You wouldn't go four seventy for a Kongwu, really? Why? Uh, is it big? Like yeah. like Yaka Pertle just got four eighty and Pertle is better than Onyeka by like a pretty substantial margin. I know. I know he is today. I just think Anyaka can if if he can get I think what he just needs is consistent minutes. Like they just need to find yeah. somewhere for Capella to go. I think if he plays consistently, yeah. I think his I think he's got a little bit more to his game. Um I'm I'm just a fan of him. I just like his switchability and I think that he could be I think he could be a great player. But yeah. I, I would do I would do that extension no problem. I don't. I don't mind the take. I just. I. I, I would. I might want the flexibility moving yeah. forward, where like I can just do that next summer, maybe, um, if he yeah. proves that he's better than what I think. Because like, there's no way he gets four hundred. I don't think. No. Bigs just don't get paid like that. Well, and so, also, uh, and and an, an argument against me here would be that there are a lot of bigs on the trade market right now that just can't be moved. Yes. Yes. And um, teams that just don't want them. And so, but he, to me, he's just a little bit more flexible than like yeah. a Capella or Nurkic or whoever else. And the reason we're not talking about Tyrese Maxey here is that there's been reporting from Ramona Shelburne that uh, Tyrese Maxey is not going to get an extension this yeah. year. And we know that. Yeah. Um, he's the other name that like we could realistically bring up here. Oh, yeah. uh, question number eight. PJ Washington is the last big time remaining restricted free agent uh, that I think is worth like real substantial amounts of money. Yeah. What happens with PJ Washington? Oh gosh. I mean, if you're the Hornets, you can't let him go because he's like one of your three NBA players. So 
I mean, I think they want to be reasonably good this year too, not like a disaster at least. Well, good luck with that. I think it's going to be a little harder than what they think, but like PJ Washington coming off of a year where he averaged 16 points, five rebounds, 2.4 assists, about a steal, about a block. Yeah. Did not shoot super efficiently inside the two point or inside the three point arc. Did shoot 35% from three on six three point attempts per game. Was basically asked to do a lot and, and play above the role that what it that is ideal for him. Yeah. I think yeah, is no the question. way to say it. Yeah. As is every Hornet last year. Yeah. So I don't know what Charlotte's doing here, I guess. Yeah. If if I was them, like I'd be worried that he just takes the qualifying offer. And if he takes the qualifying offer, I lose all like value on yeah. him. Yeah. Because his qualifying offer is like eight and a half million. That's not insubstantial. Well, and I think that next year's free agency class is not very good. Yeah. Go, he could go get some money next year. And also like the contract numbers like readjusting and like he'll he'll go make twenty million a year next year from somebody he's as an unrestricted free agent next year. Cause if he takes the qualifying offer, he'd be unrestricted next yeah. year. That That's his leverage. Like people will say, well, nobody has money to pay PJ Washington at this point. His leverage is that he takes the qualifying offer at eight and a half million, which is not a crazy, like, you know, bad amount of money for him to be making. Yeah. And goes to hit unrestricted free agency next year and makes, you know, potentially a hundred in unrestricted free agency, given the fact that he'll be hitting that level as a 25 year old uh, who probably averages again, 16, five and four or whatever as a big and can shoot threes and can be versatile. So that's real leverage. I think, I think Charlotte just kind of has to pay him. I don't know what Charlotte's doing here with him. I truly don't. I don't think that there's a number that you can get to with him that'll be that's not palatable, honestly. Like I think he's a good player. I think he's somebody that can play with almost any team just because of his yeah. ability to shoot and defend. And he's a pretty good passer too. Yeah. I he got better, you know, from year three, year four, got a lot better. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't get it either. I don't get most things that the Hornets are doing. So this just kind of falls in line with that. I think they just kind of have to pay him. I do. Yeah. And I think the number is like 20 million a year or like if you even pay him like 18 a year, like I I think that, Oh, that's more than palatable. Like that's tradable day one. Yeah. Yeah. You pay him and you do that. And I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah. He turns 25 in August. Young player. If you have him locked up through his prime, like, why wouldn't you want to do that? I just don't understand. What other options What other options does Charlotte have at this point? Not sure. Not not totally sure. You, want to be, like you, you started this by saying that they want to be good. I think they want to be better next year. I well, P.J. Washington is not on your team. You are worse. I agree. And Kelly Oubre is not on your team next year. And... You know, Gordon Hayward's on an expiring deal. And Mason Plumlee, you don't have him for 56 games. Like, you don't have Jalen McDaniels for 56 games. Uh, You know, hopefully you have Terry Rozier for 75 instead of 63. You know, obviously you get Miles Bridges back. You get LaMelo back for, you know, hopefully 70 instead of 36. Yeah. But I I think that the Hornets are 
not under maybe you don't quite get how uh some of their other players departing might hurt their value as opposed to like getting LaMelo for 70 and getting Miles Bridges for 70 might help their value. Yeah. All these guys that you lose potentially could diminish the value of your overall team. Um, and I do want to bring this up too. James Donaldson brings up, I think what happens with the Hornets changes now that they've been sold new ownership will want to retain assets and not see them lock. I don't know what their ownership's plan is necessarily. I do think the fact that they have new ownership, will give us some sort of answer on yeah. this a little bit more quickly. Yeah. Um, if I was them, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what PJ wants. Like maybe he wants to be in Charlotte. Maybe he doesn't. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, Regardless, <laughs> I think you can sign the deal and you can always request a trade. Like I said earlier, I think that's just the move. It's just like get your extension done and then prove your value. And then some team will probably trade for him. Yep. Uh Okay. The question number nine, let's go with the best free agents available. Kelly Oubre, Christian Wood, Terrence Davis was best unrestricted guys. Like Terrence Davis is a name. I would go um, Terrence Davis over both those other guys. Honestly, I kind of like, like Terrence Davis. He at least showed that he could be valuable last, uh, you know, in the playoffs is like yeah. a guy that chased around uh, Stephen Curry and can shoot. Yeah. I think Kelly Oubre is probably the most talented guy, but yeah, it, it's not ideal. G- yeah. Genuinely, do you know who I think like the best asset on the restrict or on the free agency market is right now outside of PJ Washington? I have no idea. I think it's Dom Barlow, uh, who is on an, a restricted two way tender from San Antonio. Yeah. He was he was great in summer league, man. Like he's legitimately looked really good. If I was another team, I would be offering him like five million a year and making San Antonio match. I think San Antonio yeah. would just match, but I would make them do it. Yeah, I think he's worth that amount of money. And if you're him, like you take that as opposed mm-hmm. to being on a minimum next year. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's so right. Do like a three fifteen and make San Antonio match. Yeah. I also still kind of like Hamadou Diallo. I think he can do some stuff. It's good. You know, certainly a great athlete, interesting defender. Like you can, you make case for that. I think that there's real, he needs, he needs to be in the right spot, but I would, I would sign him over Christian Wood or. Yeah. I I, I don't know. Like what is Kelly Oubre really doing for you? The funny thing is the Kelly Oubre averaged 20 points a game last year. I think Kelly is probably the best free agent available. He's the most talented free agent yeah. for sure. It's just, just like, we, what what does he actually do in terms of wins and losses? That's I, a, I don't know. I think, if that's question. That. I think that's why he and Christian Wood are still sitting out there. It's probably true. It's definitely true, actually. Yeah. Um, but there, there are not a ton of, there are not a ton of, um, great free agents available remaining yeah. at this point. Yeah. And if you're killing okay. Oubre, I mean, you are taking that 20, that 20 points per game and showing it to everybody and everybody's just looking at it like, cool, man. Did it in Charlotte. <laughs> great job. Final question here. And it's about Andrew Schleck's Oklahoma city thunder. It is honestly the question I'm most intrigued by just straight up in the NBA right now. What in the world does Oklahoma City do with all of the players currently on their roster? They downgraded this a little bit yesterday or two days ago by 
removing Rudy Gay's deal. Yeah. From the, I mean, not from their books. They still have to pay Rudy, mm-hmm. but Rudy is going to be released. Yeah. Yeah. They released him so they could sign Jack White. This team has 20, I believe, real like NBA contracts. Yeah. Right now. They also have Keontae Johnson on a two-way, two two-ways available. They lose Jared Butler because Jared Butler signs a two-way in Washington with Will Dawkins, mm-hmm. former assistant GM. Or no, was he a G- he was GM of the oh, – was he GM or assistant GM? No, he's an assistant. Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah. He was the assistant GM. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Thunder basically still have to cut five guys or trade five guys for picks. Yeah. Like, yeah. And here's the real issue. All of these guys are good. Like, yeah. or all of them are like interesting in some way. Like, I don't know if yes. Ty Ty Washington would, is yeah. good yet. Yeah. But Ty Ty is interesting on some yeah. level. Yeah. Yeah. I think they have interesting guys. I think the main question for me with OKC is like, how much does Presti value having like these bigger expiring deals like Victor Oladipo's? Yeah. Because. Like an expiring nine million dollar deal, like could be valuable to somebody, you know, toward the trade deadline. And so I, I wonder about that because they could just—he's one that makes sense to cut just because you do have talent, you know, there that you could still mine a little bit. Also, the Thunder are going to have legitimately several. I mean, they're going to have a good like nine to ten man rotation of like good NBA players. And not necessarily and, developmental projects. And still won't be playing all of the guys who deserve real playing time, even with a nine to ten man rotation. Totally. And this is why this is why the Thunder are going to do the, the thing where they play twelve guys a night and they shuffle in and out guys from the rotation. You're gonna have your like your base of like seven guys that will play every game, but then you know, eight, nine, ten is gonna change, I think, week to week for OKC again, just so they can make sure they have the right guys like Usman Jang deserves to play a lot of minutes. And when you start talking about this team, he's not necessarily even one of like the best 10 guys that you mentioned. Um, Well, it's it's funny. So like run through this roster, right? Shea is safe. Lou Dort is safe. Chet is safe. Mitzich, like they just signed him. They're not cutting him. Yeah. Uh, Giddy. Josh Giddy is safe. Henry is safe. Jalen Williams, both Jalen Williams are at eight. Yeah. Jalen Williams is safe. Jalen Williams, Santa Clara is safe. Uh, Casey Wallace is safe. That's mm-hmm. nine. Mm-hmm. That's uh, nine. I, I don't see a world where they release Usman Jang or anything. That's no, 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 no. No, yeah, there's like no zero way. chance. Yeah, uh, I want to save Jalen. Uh, you know, other Jalen Williams, I think, is safe. So, like, that's probably eleven. Yeah, right? ten, eight, and eight in a play-in game. You know, like he's he's a. I think he's safe. I would say he's safe. So that leaves you with, I mean, Isaiah Joe is probably safe. Oh, Isaiah Joe is definitely safe too. That's yeah, 10. There's no way they cut Isaiah Joe. Yeah. Um, that leaves you with Davis Bertans and Victor Oladipo. I'm assuming they keep one of those deals. I think, it's, I think it's Bertans. I think Bertans. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think Bertans gives you a little bit more flexibility, basically. Yeah. Um, so that that gets one. That gets you down to 19. Yeah. Our dear sweet boy Poku. Yeah. Uh, Trey Mann, Usman Garuba, Ty Ty Washington, Mm -hmm. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Aaron Wiggins, Jack White. 
Yeah. I think rid of like a lot of those guys. I think you can bump Aaron Wiggins to close to the top of that list of guys that'll probably stay. I think so too. Aaron Wiggins is pretty good. Yeah. He can play. I don't know how good Aaron Wiggins is, but he can play. And so I think I'd bump him to the top of that list. Definitely a rotation player. Yeah. At least. Yeah. I think he's, I think he can play for a lot of different teams just because he can shoot it a little bit. He defends great character guy as well. I think if I was an opposing team, I'd be calling about Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Yeah. That's somebody that I think can be, that can probably be had. And if you give a decent second for him, I think that you could have him. And I think he's also, he's just in a spot where everybody else has gotten better and he's kind of struggled with injuries and he hadn't really, he didn't really get all that much better at the beginning of last year. But I do think he can help. Like, if I'm a young team, that's just if I'm Charlotte for crying out loud, I'd call. I'd offer a second rounder for JRE. Just because I think he can help you culturally. I think he can play a little bit of defense. He's also the the biggest problem with him is he's just kind of caught in between positions a little bit. Yes. He's like an undersized center, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I'm if I was another team, I'd be calling about Trey Man. Yeah. Trey is an interesting one just because his elite skill is being able to create space off the dribble is, I mean, he's probably like one of the top five best players at creating space off the dribble. Problem is he just didn't make enough threes last year. And he also is, his build is pretty slight and he's never going to be like a plus defender. Um, But there is potential for him to be a six man type of guy that comes off the bench and can just go on a heater. You know, he scored in his rookie season. He scored 20 points in a quarter twice. So he can, I mean, he can fill it up. It's just, I just don't know that he's going to have the room to do that on this thunder team. And I think I mean, he was, he was awesome at summer league. I thought like he's truly very, yes. awesome on offense. He's very good at summer league. Yes. But when you start breaking down the guard rotation for the Thunder, yeah, it's it's tough when it's Shea and Giddy and J Dub and Michich and Casey Wall. Like we're at five, and I've even said Dort. There's six, yeah. And a lot of the the saving grace for Trey Man for the Thunder may be that all almost all the guys that I just listed can all play up a little bit. Well, and Aaron Wiggins like can play the two as well. Which is Wiggins like could also be considered a guard. Yes. Yes. So it's yeah. it's going to be tough for, for Trey and Isaiah Joe. There's another one. There's seven. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just too many guys. And well, Isaiah yeah, like hot in the rotation last year anyways. And Isaiah, Isaiah Joe is good. Like Isaiah Joe is like yeah. actually really good. Yeah. So really I, I think that it. you need. Yeah. He can yeah like, and he's on like one of the best deals in the NBA right now. Yes. Like you just can't, you can't do it. Someone brought up Trey Mann to the Bucks. Like that's a brilliant idea. Like that'd be great. I think that's really interesting. The, the problem is like, I don't think Trey Mann gets you a first, but Trey Mann probably gets you a couple seconds, right? Maybe. I don't. I think Trey needs a lower pressure environment. Yeah, that's true. I think Trey. I think Trey needs a place where he can spread his wings a little bit and be able to go out there and similar to what Jordan Poole got with the opportunity in like that 
terrible year for the Warriors. Like, get a chance to just go be reckless and figure out who you are. I think that's what he needs. And I just, I think the Thunder tried to like give him a role last year that he just couldn't really thrive in. And so I wonder if he just needs, needs somewhere that he can just kind of spread his wings and just try to figure out who Trey Mann is in the NBA. If you're the Spurs, that's this is a guy that's really interesting to me. Oh, yeah. Spurs is a great spot for him. So the Spurs have a 2024 first round pick from Charlotte yeah. that is lottery protected both of the next two seasons. And if not, it then becomes a 2026 second and a 2027 second. Yeah. So this is a 2020. <laughs> These are two seconds. Well, like. It's interesting because to me, that kind of pick has some upside, like a yeah. little bit of upside, yeah. but bit. probably is two seconds in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. If you're the so, heartbeat. Yeah. Th- that's like an interesting deal to me that you could make. They, they probably have other picks as well that like, you know, I'm sure that you could try and try and find like a, a, a maybe a better, a better asset value mm-hmm. right yeah um seasons and sloan in the chat the wizards the wizards are an, also an interesting one also you have the will dawkins connection as well well they have, they have a million they also have a million guys on their roster so i don't they know do. if the wizards make total sense but trey's probably more interesting than some of their guys i would just say that i, I think a lot of those guys will be cycled in and out over the next calendar year in washington yeah, yeah. what if you did like Trey man in a second for that Charlotte pick basically. Um, hmm. But they don't want a 2024. Probably. They probably want like a future pick. So like maybe yeah. that, does, but the future picks we think will probably be 2026 and 2027 seconds with some upside for 2024, 2025 first rounders where they have a million of those. I, would, I don't know. That's I would, I would probably do something like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think he, I think he ends up just getting a couple of seconds if he ends up, if he ends up being the odd man out. And I don't think there's any certainty he ends up being the odd man out. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah. There's no certainty yet. Cause I do think they're going to take all these guys to camp and they're going to let. I think that's mostly right. Like it wouldn't surprise me if they move one of them ahead of time just because they get a good offer or something. Yeah. I but, mean, if they, I mean, if they get a good offer on any of those dudes, I think they'd take it. Right. Okay. If you had to predict the five guys who get cut from the Oklahoma city thunder yeah. right now. Uh, Jack white. I think he um, just gets moved to a two way probably. Right. Yeah. Cause he probably, if you, if you waived him, he'd probably make it through waivers. Then you can sign him to a two way. Um, Jack white. Let's see. I'd probably say Oladipo is another yep. one. I think probably both of Ty Ty Washington and Garuba are, are probably gone. Okay. Three, and then, four. And then I would probably say Jeremiah Robinson Earl. That's five. So yeah. my prediction is that they keep one of Garuba or JRE. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's possible. Because I think they might want just the extra bigger body. Yeah. Essentially, because Chet. You know, I'd imagine they don't want Chet to play 80 games this year, right? Yeah. So you probably do want the extra bigger body. Um, Who would you pick out of those two? I would rather have Garuba, but I would understand the case for JRE. I think they're pretty close. I'd I'd rather take the flyer on Garuba, though. Yeah. Um, 
my prediction is Jack White to a two-way, Ty Ty Washington elsewhere, mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo elsewhere. That's three. JRE four. Mm-hmm. And then I think they move one of Trey Mann or Poku. I think that's very possible. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Poku extension eligible, we mentioned earlier. And the Thunder traditionally just don't let guys get to a restricted free agency. That yeah. They make a decision before then. And so it's and if you're, a possibility. I mean, if you're Poku, like you probably sign like a if they're willing to give you a three-year, $21 million deal, like that's super cheap, you probably do that. But I think so. I, I don't know that they'll do that. Like, I, I don't, I don't know where the Oklahoma city organization is on the Poku, uh, the Poku sants that we're all waiting for. It's been tough. Just, I think his injury luck last year was, is very ill-timed yeah. um, and has put him in a weird spot. And then he's got, he got hurt again and he's back working out again now. Um, but it's just been a, a tough year for Poku when, and he got better. It's just he didn't yeah. get an he's not an is not enough at this point. He needs to get he still needs to get stronger and he needs to shoot it better. I think if he can do those things, then he can make it. If he doesn't do those things, if he doesn't do both of those things, I don't think he makes it. He's still only twenty one. There's somewhere between a zero and one hundred percent chance <laughs> that he's gonna be good. Uh it's true. I like him a lot. I, I think he's a good player. I think he's a really good person. I think he is working hard. I just, this this Thunder team could have two or three first rounders in next year's draft. Yes. You know? And then, like, then what do you do? You know? Which is why you probably can't extend him. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing, is that that you don't extend him if you don't think he's tradable after the extension, and I'm just not totally sure that he is. After the extension, the thing I really don't know with Oklahoma city, and maybe this is where we'll finish. And this is where I think that it's the biggest question that I don't know Yeah, on this. I don't know how they feel about Garuba's ball skills. Mm -hmm. If they feel like Garuba can handle and can like dribble and pass a little bit. And I think he has some passing. I don't know if he can handle necessarily. I think it's possible they could keep him over Poku. Yeah but they value that skill so much from a uh, like scheme perspective, having yeah. somebody that can dribble and pass and shoot from the center yeah. position, mm-hmm. which is why they love Poku you yeah. know, and hopefully still love him. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what they have to figure out on Garuba. Yeah. Which is why, again, I think they'll take most of these guys to camp and they'll try to sort it out there. And, and on top of it, I think the Garuba Jalen Williams player type fits better with Chet than the Poku player type does. Yeah, and they are also in search of physicality as well, which Garuba fits better as well. Yeah, like That's, that's where they're headed. I have a sneaking suspicion they keep him. I don't know. Yeah but I have a weird sneaking suspicion that they keep him. Um, I think he's an interesting fit, especially if if he can pass, 
then yeah then yeah because i Cause, think the thunder have been really good at putting guys in position to just kind of unlock the best parts of their game and that's where like isaiah joe became a player last year because the thunder just know how to unlock these guys and so if they can do something like that with with garuba tai tai i just don't think there's enough room i mean we talked about trey man that's a guy yeah. that they selected in the first round, and we're don't, not even sure that even after having a stellar summer league that he can do it. And so that's why I just doubt that Ty Ty can make it. There. He'll make it somewhere, I think. I'm still yeah, a believer yeah, in Yeah, in Oklahoma City. Yeah, to be clear. It's just, yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be hard for him with Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, okay. Andrew, we've gone through the 10 biggest questions of the offseason. Yes. Tell the people where they can find your work. Tell the people what's going on in your life. Go listen to Down to Dunk. It's my Thunder podcast. You can also go listen to the Athletic NBA show. We have a series called A King's Reign that's going on right now. That just it's a really cool profile on LeBron James. It runs over the course of two weeks. I think it's 12 shows. Uh, it's very good. There's like an interview with Coach K. There's an interview with Eric Spolstra. Um, just some really really good stuff from our guy, Mike Smeltz and tons of people contributed to it, but it's a great one. So go do that. Those are the two things. The athletic NBA show is Andrew's baby uh, outside right. of down to dunk. That's right. Uh, Andrew is the best. Please go listen to that. Uh, please go listen to down to dunk. If you want to hear us get nerdy about the Oklahoma city thunder, especially Andrew. I mean, my yeah. God, uh, <laughs> I come on occasionally and just, spout nonsense about the thunder but andrew is is deep in the weeds with the thunder as you will find i think that's all i've got i'll be back later this week we're gonna do uh something on other stuff i don't know (laughs) it's figure it out almost august (laughs) it's almost august but we're gonna have another episode this week now that i'm healthy again for sure um whether or not we do two we'll see uh, it's the off season. We need to get serious about where that's we're right. at right now, but that's all I've got for you until next time. We will talk soon. Bye.